Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. Glad you're here with us today. Man, if you're interested in living life at its best and walking with God while you do it, you are in the right place. Isn't it a shame that so many people believe that in order to have, be successful at life, you have to leave God over here somewhere. You have to leave God out of it. Well, that's because of what religion has told us. You know, religion has told us that God wants you to suffer. God wants you to be broke. God wants you to strive, all that kind of stuff. None of which is true, by the way. None of which is actually in the Bible. You can, you can, you can cherry pick some scriptures and make yourself think it's saying that. But here's the thing, man. God wants you to know you can walk with Him and not only have a great life, you can have the best life possible. And that's why Jesus came so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Now I'm not talking about you know, name it and claim it, grab it and stab it. I'm not talking about the greed and the selfishness that was promoted through the prosperity message. All I, I'm, I am just talking about walking with God and enjoying what the Bible calls the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Now, <clears throat> Jesus' ministry, almost all of his messages uh, were directly and probably the rest of them are indirectly about the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to realize that, that Jesus never taught anything that was not already spoken in Scripture. Every single thing he ever said was absolutely spoken in Scripture. Uh, and what he did, though, is instead of... Uh, his interpretation of Scripture being based on the religious legalism and the paganism that crept into the Jewish religion, he spoke from the original true intentions of God. And he talked about the kingdom of God. Now, God tried to... Well, I say God tried to. God gave man the opportunity. You know, the, fir the first concept of God's will being done, with the first concept of, see, the kingdom is, is not so much about justice. It's not about establishing a forceful rule. It's an environment where people are willfully submitted to the king. And, and, and so the, you know, the one place that we have that is in, is in the Garden of Eden. And man, in the Garden of Eden, this was where we saw the perfect will of God. This is where we saw man surrender to God. So, you know, when a Jew or a Hebrew heard Jesus talk about the kingdom of God, they may well have thought, uh, about the Garden of Eden. Many, many Hebrew scholars say that is what they thought and what they would have referred that to. So then, then, of course, Adam messed that up. So, so God, uh, connects with Abraham and through the, through the bloodline of Abraham, he sees the potential to establish a, a national kingdom. And, uh, and the goal for the kingdom was not to make this country or this group of people, uh, dominate the rest of the world. It was so, 
he could find a group of people that could experience the quality of life that he was offering. And, and then other people would come or other nations would come and want to have what they had. They'd want to know that their God because boy, in, in, in the ancient world, uh, if, if your nation was strong and powerful and if it was working, then they attributed that to, to your God or to your gods. So, so, you know, God told the children of Israel, He said, you know, if you'll, if you'll walk in love, if you'll relate to me from your heart, if you'll be a just nation, if you'll have this civil order, and if you'll, you know, uh, if you'll do all of these things, and, and remember commandments, I always hate using the word commandments because that's not a great, that's not a great interpretation of the Hebrew word. And some Hebrew scholars say the best translation or interpretation of that word commandments is the word prescriptions because you know commandments present the idea of something you're forced to do that you probably don't want to do that may or may not be for your benefit matter of fact there is no direct correlation between between a commandment uh from a god in the pagan world there's no correlation between it coming from your god and it being good for you or enjoyable for you because you know many of the pagan gods you know, commanded things that were difficult and hard and stressful and painful for their, the subjects over which they ruled. Because we know that all those, all of those commandments came from carnal men who thought they had revelation from pagan gods. But, <clears throat> but, you know, God, God's commandments, God's prescription for life. And I've said this so many times. There are, there are people today, and there's a move today, and I'm telling you, you watch this, and when you see this coming, run. Because there is a movement today to totally alienate the modern Christianity from the Old Testament. And people are rejecting the Old Testament scriptures, and they don't understand that they are rejecting God because everything that God said, he said in the scriptures, and Jesus just came back and said, look, let me, let me show you what this looks like in real life, and let me show you how this was supposed to work, not the way all these religious people down through history have twisted it and made it to be where you manipulate people and pour guilt on people. That's, that is never what God intended. God intended for you to have the best lives. But I've said this over and over again, you know, what the Jews called the law, or the commandments, uh, were in fact, it was the, the, the most liberating code of morality, civil justice, social order that had ever been given in the history of the world. It gave more freedoms to women than they'd ever had. It gave, it gave more freedom to slaves than they'd ever had. It gave more freedom to immigrants than they'd ever had. I'm telling you, it, it, and it, it honored man. It, 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 it was, it gave man the opportunity to have rest, to have Sabbaths where they didn't have to rest, to have time off, to prosper, and all of these kind of wonderful things. And of course, that's not how, what people tell you now when they go back and read, because they're reading it through their own, uh, legalistic heart, and, and they think it's bad, they think it's burdensome, and, and you know, the Apostle John said, no, n- none of these commandments, none of them are burdensome if you're walking in love, because that's all the commandments were to walk in love. So anyhow, God wanted the nation of Israel to become a kingdom whereby people could see the, their prosperity, could see their peace, could see uh, their stability, and, and really, people would come to them and say, we want to know that you're God because it's your God that brings all this to pass. Well, the children of Israel, they started incorporating paganism into, into, uh, their worship of God. 
And, and you know, there were some things that, the, that, that Israel never practiced, some of the most beneficial commandments. You know, the, 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 they didn't practice the year of Jubilee as, as God taught them to, where, 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 the, where the land always returned to its original owner, to the original family. They, 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 they didn't let the land rest like they were supposed to, which would have given them rest from their labors. That's what all this was supposed to be, was rest from their labors. And so the children of Israel, they, they really didn't benefit some of the best aspects of the prescriptions that God gave them for a great life. So, so that whole experiment failed because they did not trust God and they, they didn't. And the sad thing is, it's not about, again, a burdensome command, commandments. It's about living in this incredible quality of life. Now, so Jesus comes on the scene and he starts talking about the kingdom of God. And today we're talking about, we're talking about perceiving the kingdom of God, being able to even perceive, perceive the kingdom of God, perceive what the kingdom of God's about. Now, in, in Jesus, there's not a nation or one group of people, or a denomination that has a corner on the market for the kingdom. This is about individuals and how they personally connect with God and what happens in their heart. So now, instead of us being a group of people that that and becoming a nation that that the rest of the world can look to and say, "Oh man, I, I want to know your God," it's about individuals who are experiencing the kingdom of God in their own heart. So, you know what? I've already started talking to you about the kingdom of God last couple of messages, but you know, I started realizing, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I need to go back and just kind of, kind of refresh you on some of the basics. You know, what is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God, according to Jesus, is an internal realm. In other words, it is not, he said, it's not something that comes with outward observation, but it, it, it is within you. It's what's going on within you. Now, we know that everything about God happens because we are relating to God in our heart by faith. In other words, because we trust Him. We trust what He said. We're not trying to, we're not trying to get Him to do something He doesn't want to do. We're not trying to talk Him into doing something. We are just saying, you said we can trust this, so we're going to act on it because we trust you. You're a good God. You're only good. You're not ever trying to hurt us. You're not ever trying to bring pain in our life. So, so this is, you know, this is, we're going to trust you. We're, we're going to follow you. So the kingdom of God is this realm that we enter into. And in this realm that we enter into, ultimately, you know, we enter into it because we yield to the lordship of Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit about, more about that in a moment. And once we enter into this kingdom of God, we actually now uh, start exposing ourselves to what's called the kingdom of heaven. Now, some ancient scholars talk about the kingdom of God being a realm that you enter into and the kingdom of heaven being the resources of heaven that exist within that realm. You know, one of the things that makes heaven, heaven, you know, we all die, talk about dying and going to heaven. And sadly, for many believers, there is no heaven on earth. There's only pie in the sky and the great by and by. Well, you know what? I look forward to heaven. I look forward to, I look forward to the millennial where Jesus will rule here on earth. But, I also look forward to heaven now. Well, one of the things that makes heaven heaven is within that realm 
are all of the resources, all of the provision, all of the protection of God. So when we enter into the kingdom of God, we now have access to this realm called the kingdom of heaven. And within the kingdom of heaven, Jesus taught us that we had to have key keys to operate within the kingdom of heaven. And the keys are used to open and close doors. You say open and close doors to what? Open and close doors to blessings. Open the doors of blessings. Close the doors of curses. Now, from the very beginning, all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, God tells us that we are the ones, not him, we are the ones that have to make a choice as to whether or not we will have life and blessings and provision and prosperity and peace and joy. We We have to choose blessings or by default, we will choose the curses. And the curses is where everything goes wrong. Sickness, disease, poverty, sadness, sorrow, heartbreak, and all that kind of stuff. So God's never changed. See, that choice, even though Jesus came and made it possible for every single person to legally have access to all that God has, it's still our choice because God cannot and will not violate our will. If he violates our will and gives us something that we have not chosen, then he has become a liar because he said from the very beginning that we have dominion. We exercise authority. We are creating his likeness and image, which means we are sovereign beings just like he's a sovereign being. Now, sovereignty doesn't mean that you're in control of everything. Sadly, that's one of the most destructive doctrines in the world that sends people to hell every day. God is sovereign, but what it means to be sovereign is that you act out of your own choices. You act out of your own volition. You are not forced. No power can force you to to make a decision. God doesn't force you to make a decision. The devil can't force you to make a decision. And the people around you can only force you to make a decision if they use force or violence. But still, at the end of the day, it has to be your decision. So so Jesus came and gave us legal access to all that God has for us. But we have to make the choice. That is the way God is always related to man. That is the way God will always relate to man. So uh, now I want you to understand this internal kingdom, and I don't want to get too far off in this, but I think it's important. The internal kingdom is the forerunner to the physical kingdom, which Jesus will establish on earth when he comes a second time. Now, here's something that I find very interesting. All these people that hate God's commandments, uh, how are they going to relate to Jesus during the millennial? Because during the millennial, you know, we've been taught by religion that when Jesus comes back the second time, everybody goes to heaven, everybody goes to hell immediately. Well, if everybody goes to heaven, everybody goes to hell who is he ruling and reigning over on planet Earth for a thousand years? So that, that, that's nonsense. You need to read my book, Apocalypse, if you want to, if you want to get a clear understanding of what's going to happen at the end. But more than that, do it without fear. Do it in a way that gives you confidence. Do it in a way that shows you how to walk through and have victory. Read my book, Apocalypse, because I'm telling you what, uh, people, I can't even tell you how many people have said, man, this is the first time I've ever studied anything about the end time that did not promote fear and did not take me into the place of fear. So, But Jesus is going to come back, and for a thousand years, he is going to rule and reign based on the commandments of God. 
Civil justice is going to be the commandments of God. Social order is going to be the commandments of God. And we're going to get to see what we could have had all of these thousands of years if we had trusted what God said. If we'd followed God's morals and values and ethics and principles, if we had really just walked in love the way he defined it in his word. And so we will get to, get to see that, but there will still be people making their choices. There will still be people that choose not to walk with God. There will still be people who, uh, uh, who in the end bring about the final rebellion. Then, of course, after the final rebellion, then we have ultimate kingdom of God on earth. And this is where heaven is. Heaven is not going to be all floating in the clouds. It's going to be here. Uh, Revelation 21 says, New Jerusalem comes down, you know, from heaven to earth. And God is with us here because the earth has been made over. The heavens and the earth have been made over. And the earth has been made over. And so, and so there's no sorrow. There's no sickness. There's no pain. God will wipe every tear from our eyes. All the former things will be forgotten. Everything will be made new. And so that's the ultimate eternal kingdom of God. That's heaven here on earth. But right now, we can have heaven here on earth and and Jesus taught us how to do it. The problem is we have listened to everybody except Jesus when it comes to figuring out how to have a great life. By the way, let, let me mention this to you. You know, this month I have got something I think, you know, I'm going to give you everything I can. You, you guys know, you know, we put tons of free material out here online. And I, I, you know, I get people all the time writing me and thanking me, just saying, man, I'm, I've never found a website that has so much free material. I've got hundreds of videos online, every subject almost you can think of, that you can go to our website, impactministries.com, drjimrichards.com. You can go to our website and you can just scroll through them and find the ones that are important to your life for free. But anytime I introduce something like this, I always realize there are people that want to go farther than what we're going. Even though I give you mountains of, of, of information, mountains of teaching, there are people who want to go farther, who want to take, who really just want to take a deeper plunge into these things of God. So because of that, we always have resource material for those who want to go farther. Now, let me say this. When you purchase this resource material, number one, you are making an investment into yourself. And that shows that you our disciple. And that's, that's the people who really go for the resource material is I am seeking to walk with God. I'm going to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to sort this stuff out. I'm going to deal with my beliefs, and, you know, and, and I'm going to walk with God. And, uh, but secondly, when you, when you, uh, purchase resource material, this gives us finances to go to the ends of the earth. You know, we are all over the world starting Bible schools. We're all over the world training leaders, doing outreach, supporting supporting ministers that are out preaching this gospel of the kingdom. And so every time you purchase, every time you give, it makes it possible for us to send more people, reach Father, touch more lives. So this month, man, I got a special bundle for you. And in this bundle, we are going to, uh, we're going to offer you the book the Keys of the Kingdom, which is the second in my trilogy about the kingdom of God. We're going we're gonna to also include um, the prayer organizer, and we're going to include uh, on earth as in heaven, because this is all about training you how to establish heaven on earth through your authority, through your beliefs, through your prayer life, through 
you knowing how to use these keys of the kingdom. So be sure and check this out. And you know what? If you've already got some of those things and you only need, need one of those products, fine. You can, you know, you can still break them out and, and get them individually. But we put together a great bundle for you that I think will be a great help to you and it'll be a great development to your life. All right. So we're talking about an internal kingdom that operates on the same principles as God taught the children of Israel. And, and so what people don't understand is even the commandments you had to approach by faith. You didn't come on the commandments based on works. You didn't come and say, if I do this, God will, God will do this. You came to the commandments saying, this is who God promised me he is. This is the great life that God promised me I could have, you know, by walking these. So, so, so I'm not trying to get God to do anything. I'm, I'm not believing what God's going to do or going to say. I'm believing what God has said and what God already has done. And now that we have Jesus who, who has, who has been crucified, suffered for us so we don't have to suffer, died the death we should have died, died, raised up from the dead, winning the victories that we couldn't win and sharing all those victories with us. Man, I'm telling you, it, it is a game changer. So you understand that there is a, there is, when we approach God, there is a process that we actually go through uh, in learning what the kingdom of God is uh, and discovering what's available to us in the kingdom of God uh, that tells us then how to use the keys of the kingdom, not the keys to the kingdom. Now see, when, when Jesus taught about, one of the great confusion about Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God is most people believe that the, that when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, he is teaching about how to get saved. Now, I'm telling you, if, if, if Jesus' message is about the kingdom of God or about how to get saved, then, then, then he said so many contradictory things, it's crazy. But there's a distinction between getting born again and entering the kingdom of God. And, and I'm going to show you this from a scriptural perspective. And again, there are all of these things that are available to us, but there are personal choices that we have to make to experience every aspect of this journey from, from getting born again to understanding the word of God, to entering the kingdom of God, to experiencing uh, a heaven on earth, to opening and closing the doors to blessings and cursing. So Jesus taught us and, and most of his teaching was, again, well, all of his teaching pretty much, was teaching us how to function within the realm of this kingdom. Some of his teaching would tell you about how this journey takes place. So he talked about, and, and man, you're going to get more detailed information about this and how to do this than you ever imagined. But he talked about, in, in, in Matthew 16, he talked about the keys of the kingdom. Now, keys represent the capacity, like I said earlier, to open a door, to allow what's on the other side of that door to come to you or even open a door and enter into a, another realm. And so, so keys are always about, uh, about moving from one realm to another and experiencing what is in each different realm. So, you know, keys can represent knowledge. Let me just, I'll just touch on this real quick. Like, you know, Luke 11 52, Jesus said, woe to you lawyers for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't enter in yourselves, and those who were, who were entering it, you hindered. Listen, I was telling one of my grandkids just yesterday, it's like, look, everything that Jesus said that sounded mean, hateful, was only said to religious people that was hindering people from being able to experience 
all that God has got for them. And so, so knowledge, and when Jesus talked about hindering knowledge, he wasn't just talking about information. He was talking about the ability to experience information. You know, uh, in the Greek, we have the word gnosis, which is talking about experiential knowledge. Now, experiential knowledge is, like I said, it's not just getting, about getting information. It's about, it's about getting this information, getting it right, and, and experiencing it. And so, so experiential knowledge, you, it's not going to happen if you don't know how to operate in, with the keys of the kingdom. Also, I want you to understand something too. Keys generally represent authority. Now, the rabbis taught a lot of scripture from their perspective. And the problem is, is when that, when you don't teach the scripture from the perspective of love and personal application, that it always turns into, to legalism and a way to judge other people. It's, it's amazing how if people would just take the commandments and say, this is how I'm going to treat other people. It's not how I'm going to judge other people. It's how I'm going to treat other people. It'd be amazing how, how all of your under, complexities of it would just, just unravel and just become incredibly simple. So, so, uh, but the interesting thing is they taught, but they didn't teach as someone who had authority. In other words, they didn't teach and then demonstrate like Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus lived it. He taught it. And then he demonstrated it in people's lives. And I'm telling you what, he was setting people free. And why was he doing all this? Because this is what it looks like when you put this stuff into practice. Now, in Jesus' ministry, he put kingdom principles into practice for people that had not yet been born again and couldn't do it for themselves. But they got to see what it looks like. And even with Jesus' ministry, yeah, we can do that for other people that don't know God. But people who know God, people who are born again, have to learn to do those things for themselves. So, so Jesus taught with authority. And like I say, keys always represent authority. So Jesus taught us what authority looked like. Now, what I want to do starting uh, again, uh, next week, we're, we're going to start going into some incredibly functional aspects. But I, but I just want to say this before we, before we leave here, because we're talking about perceiving the kingdom of God. Now, in John 3, Jesus was talking uh, to a man uh, that, that should have known this stuff. And he was talking about becoming born again. And the guy just could not understand being born again. Jesus had to explain to him it was a spiritual birth, not a natural birth. But, but Jesus says something that, man, we should have hit the brakes. Pay attention to it. Actually, you should always hit the brakes when Jesus is talking. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That word is perceive, see or perceive. Now, so Jesus is making a distinction between getting born again, and even being able to perceive or realize that there is a kingdom of God. So lost people, people who are not born again, cannot perceive this internal realm called the kingdom of God. This realm that you can enter into through your heart and experience all the provision, all the resources of God. They can't even perceive that's there. Now, when we are born again... It is only then that we have the capability of perceiving that there is a kingdom of God. But what is it that opens our eyes? So next week, we're going to start talking about what opens your eyes to the kingdom of God. 
to the kingdom of heaven. So now listen, if you've enjoyed this, be sure and, uh, and, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you watch this on YouTube, if you watch this on my website, be sure and go in and make sure we have got your email address because we, we can't send you things without, you know, without you, without you requesting it. You give us our email address, we'll send you a link. We'll always let you know about new messages, free products, free offers, things that we're offering to help you, special meetings that we're having. So either through our website or through YouTube, be sure and, and be sure on either place, be sure and like it and compliment and comment on talk about it, ask questions and share this with other people. I'm telling you what, if you'll share this with other people together, we'll help millions of people around the world. So listen, I'm going to be back. Talk to you next week, but I'm going to take you in the next step. So I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.